Jim Rohn said, money is usually attracted, not pursued. Thomas Edison said, I failed my way to success. Marlene Dietrich said, there's a gigantic difference between earning a great deal of money and being rich. George Lorimer said, it's good to have money and the things that money can buy, but it's good too to check up once in a while and make sure that you haven't lost the things that money cannot buy. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 90. My guest today is Carlos Salazar. Carlos is founder of One Day Education, a company that has Spanish curriculum books for high schools. Recently, Carlos's book was adopted by uh, Dallas ISD. Dallas ISD committed to using that book as a Spanish curriculum. He's also seeking other school districts to do so. He's the author of Yo Soy Americano, America Edition 2, and America Edition 3. His story is the real American dream story. An immigrant who came over here not knowing the language, finally getting a, you know losing a brother back to Mexico who got deported, and eventually losing him forever. And couldn't even go back and bury him because of visa restrictions and travel restrictions. Guys, this is the real immigrant story that so many of us face out there. So many of the immigrants face out there. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview, this inspirational interview with Carlos Salazar. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. My guest today is Carlos Salazar. Carlos, thank you for taking the drive. Thank you for making the time for me, man, for coming over here to Make Shit Happen podcast studios thank you so much no i love it i mean looking at this place looking at everything i'm just in love with everything man i think i'm gonna interview you <laughs> instead of you doing it to me i appreciate it man so carlos you are uh you know basically an epitome of american dream you came over here with your family when you were 14 years old and uh, you're 29 now and uh you you were a teacher yes. at one point tell us a little bit i mean if if i have to ask people who are listening you know, if they want to know who's Carlos Salazar and who this guy is, tell us a little bit about you. Definitely, man. And that's a hard question to ask, or I guess to answer. Um, you know, every time there's interviews or something like that related to my company, and they ask me, who is Carlos? Tell, tell us about yourself. Uh -huh. I have a hard time to explain who I am. <laughs> um, you know, I'm coming from a family that is super humble beginnings uh, from Monterrey, Cadereyta, like a really, really small town in, in Monterrey. And, um, you know, not having anything. Not having anything. That's the that's the dream and that's the life that we had in Mexico. But at the same time, I had everything. I had my dad, my mom, my sister, my brother. We had the the playground. We could play soccer. We could be together. Mm -hmm. And 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 at this point in my life, that's when I realized that, that that's who I am. I'm just a kid who's trying to make it work in the U.S. Who had to learn the language. Who had to be out there. Had to make it happen. Had to make shit happen, <laughs> and 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 that's who I am, man. You know, I, I, if you talk about professionalism, I guess you know I, I'm just a guy with a with a company, educational company. Um, you know, I wrote books. I'm a I'm a national speaker as well here in the U.S. And especially, I, I want to make sure that I what I do today is gonna help the kid who is behind me. And, and, awesome. and you know, people like you, I look I look up to you as well, man. And, Thank you, man. I appreciate and, it. And I, you know, we have to do something for the kids who are coming behind us. And I want to leave that legacy. So. Uh, you know, you you've written some books, you know, and and uh, one of your book is also used in Dallas ISD, right? And so tell us tell us a little bit about you. Tell us like you know the ba you know what first of all you know when you came to this country, I'm sure you didn't speak the language. Came at 14 years old. You told me that 
you know, you came with your family. Tell us, tell us, how did that happen? Let's talk about the journey from Mexico uh, to to United States. Definitely. So we had to come to the U.S. because my parents were struggling to pay the the basic needs, and uh, so we had to leave the country. Uh, my dad came to Houston first, and then my mom. You know, I had to live with my sister and my brother for like two years until we could actually come to the U.S. with the visa, and then we overstayed the visa, and that's how we stay here. In that time, my brother got deported in the first year that we were in the U.S. So then, you know, it was just my family, it was just us, and and we had to struggle a lot. Uh, you know, I remember those times when we were in that apartment, and then my dad would cry, and my mom too, and I would make sure that, you know, give him a hug, I said that everything is fine, that we're going to make it together. So those those stories, but at the same time, when I talk about myself, I feel like I'm being selfish because there's many of us. That's the story of who we are. Right. That's the immigrant story. That's what we represent. That's what we have done in the past. So I think that's why it's hard for me to say this is who I am and this is my story. I just like to say this is what we represent and this is the story of the immigrant. You come right. to the U.S. Right. So definitely. We have to go through that. Um, you know, came to the U.S. not speak the language at all. And it was hard, man. It was hard to be in class. And then you come in from Mexico and they speak to you in Spanish and you come to the U.S. and they're talking to you. You don't even know what they're saying. So then I have to get up and I have to learn. But at the same time, it was many times when I would just feel frustrated. I was like, man, you know, I, I know I'm smart, but I just don't understand anything. I'm not learning anything. And I was in time Houston High School in the north side, in the north side of Houston, low, low income community. And, uh, you know, I had most of my friends speak Spanish. I was in Honduras, El Salvador, like all these guys from this, those countries. So I was like, I'm not learning nothing. So then we have to move to Arlington, Texas, because my dad had to work over there. And then when it came to Arlington, Texas, it was a big change. It was 10% Hispanic, and the rest was just people speaking English all the time. So then I was like, okay, this is good. I like the challenge. So then they said, well, you have to go to a school where they speak Spanish because you, don't, you, don't, you didn't pass the test. I said, no, I'm going to stay here. And then they had to make a sign a contract that you said, if you, don't, you fail, it's not our fault. It's your fault and your family's fault that you wanted to stay here. I said, I will stay here. So then that's how I learned. I came back a year later. And I was speaking the language after that. You know, I was fluent now. I could understand. I could write. I could talk to people. I could actually have a life. And that's how it started everything. But at the same time, I was never scared to people talking crap to me, man. I was never scared to speak in and say, hey, you have an accent. Say, yeah, I have an accent. But I will tell you something. The only difference between you and I is that I'm bilingual. You're not. That's what it is. And then they will make fun of my accent again. I was like, you know what? It's not even about the accent. Don't, don't compare my IQ with the way I talk. Because if, if I talk to you in Spanish, then you're going to realize who I really am. So mm -hmm. do not criticize my accent. I don't, I don't represent my accent. I represent my culture and who I am. And I try to, you know, that, that, was, my, that was my understanding of saying, this is, you know, this is the U.S. Yeah. And I'm going to go through that. You still got to have a chip on your shoulder. Uh, exactly. I'm going to go through that all the time. And even today, man, I've been here for 14 years now. I still have an accent when I speak the language. But tell me if I feel bad. I feel proud of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I feel proud of representing my country. Not only my country, but anyone, man. I, you know, I, I think I would tell you something. Today, it's just hard to talk about just one country because we're so divided. I want to talk about everyone. We're all together. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, when I was a high school teacher, uh, I had kids learning Spanish, too. And um, they would tell me, you know what, I'm learning Spanish, but it's hard to have an accent. I'm like, it's the same thing as me. I have an accent when I speak the language in English, right? They're like, yeah, it's the same thing. Don't don't be don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't be sad. You you, you it's just the same thing. I mean, you're bilingual. That's all it means. And you know that's that's who I am. That's who I am. I try to be humble all the time and 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 always remember where I came from. Yeah, and I mean, you know, bi being bilingual is a big thing. And you know, in this country, yep. And some people might think it's a disadvantage, but it's it's an advantage. You just speak two languages or you know some people might speak more than two so so tell us so so now you you learned english you know uh, 
I'm, I'm assuming that when y'all came over here, I mean, it was a struggle getting together. I mean, because that's what most immigrant families do. I mean, I know my family did, right? Yeah. I mean, we had, we had, we, we went through a lot of struggle and, you know, uh, to make ends meet. And, uh, and uh, so tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about the family struggle that you had to go through. Tell me how to get from where you were at to where you're at now. And, and I got to tell you, when I talk about struggles, um, it's hard for me to say we went through a lot because, you know, we went through a lot together, together. as a family. That's it. We faced it together. That's so it. for me to say today it was a struggle, I don't think it's fair for me to say that. You know, the fact that I was with my dad and my mom and my sister and my brother, that's more than enough to have a good life, even if you're struggling economically, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I know many other kids are going through a lot without their parents, man. They're by themselves and they're going through a lot. So for me to say we struggle, it's hard for me to say that. Well, yeah, you're a unit. But definitely, man. So, I, we, I mean, when we talk about money, yes, it was hard. You know, it was my dad was the only one working. He didn't have papers, so he had to work in any way that he could. You come to the U.S. thinking that life is going to be solved. You come to the U.S. thinking that you're going to make money. You're going to go to the trees and just pull, you know, the leaves and just money right there. That's what, yeah, that's what you think. You come to the U.S. and you realize, no, man, you can't get to work. I mean, from morning to night, and mm-hmm. that's how you make it happen. Now, as I, no, my dad and my mom are Mexican from the roots to the head. That's, that's who they are. So they're like, don't take any risk. Don't do anything. Just go to school. Just mm-hmm. do this. Don't do that. And I was never that kid. I was always the one taking risks. I was always the one doing what I wasn't supposed to do. And I, you know, I always loved to speak and, and to do things like that. So when my, my dad and my mom, were, I remember one time we were to a supermarket and uh, my dad wanted to talk to this guy because he wanted to know something about some products. And, and the guy was just mean to him because he didn't speak to him in English. And, and, and you know, I, I was a kid, man, I just 14 years old. And I remember that. And I went up to the, at the guy and I told him in Spanish. And he was like, I'm sure he said, I don't know, I don't know what he said, I don't know what he said, but he said, I'm sure he was just, just mad. And I talked to my dad, I said, what did you tell him? I said, I talked to him in Spanish. He said, well, I don't know, I don't understand English, but he doesn't understand Spanish, so we're in the same level, we're equal. <laughs> we're in the same side, and we we can fight this like that. And, you know, that was that was me all the time. And and when we have to face adversity in my family, the biggest one was that my, my, my brother wasn't here no more. He was in Mexico, he was in Monterrey. And, and, and what was the age difference between you and your brother? Yeah, so nine years. Nine years. Nine he years. was nine years older than me. Yes, okay. yes. So, you know, I miss a guy, man. We sleep together. Uh, we play together. He would just, you know, push me around. He was just your older brother. Yeah, man. I was, you know, I was a kid and he was the older brother. He was the one teaching me how to dance and how to do all the things. And, and the fact that he wasn't here was just, was just really hard for me. That was, that, was, that was making me feel, you know, I was depressed. I so was when depressed. did your brother leave? So my brother was here for one year and then he got deported okay. to, to, to Mexico. And uh, the reason why he got deported is because he went, he went to Mexico and then he came back and then they realized that his visa was uh, not Expired. used yeah. was not used only for tourism. He was used to actually work and yeah. that's why they just, you know, send him back to Mexico. And and that was the toughest thing that we have to face. Uh, the fact that we were not together, you know, uh, my brother and I, yeah, I mean, that was that was my hero. That was that was my guy. And I feel like that's this story of of that is not that you don't hear in in the news all the time you know that you get to hear what we go through here and that we have to face adversity but at the same time that's where we as human beings are designed to face adversity that's what i believe Mm. we as human beings are are designed to be able to go through stuff like that and, and face it but i feel like we're not designed to be apart from each other broken yeah broken as a family that's that's definitely something that affected my family, you know, my mom, and, and I went through depression when I was in high school because I just missed the guy. I wanted to be with him, and, you know, we'll FaceTime and stuff like that, and then December come, and then he 
his birthday and then my birthday and we couldn't be together and we had to face a lot of things and it was hard it was it was it was definitely hard and one of the toughest things is that uh, even though he was the older brother we looked, we looked at him like he was the younger brother because he had epilepsy so then, you know, he would go through epilepsy and then we were just here. We couldn't go to Mexico to help him out. We couldn't do anything but send him money. He to get and, seizures. Yeah, man. So then we have to face that uh, adversity. And, and and I feel like throughout everything that happened in my life, that is the only thing that I can tell you that I, I remember the most and it hurts because I know that I wasn't there for him and I couldn't help him out. You know, unfortunately, my brother passed away in 2019 in January and 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 we couldn't do anything. It was 14 years of just talking on the phone, 14 years of just, you know, being like that. And then it happened. So what do you do? And then my mom couldn't even go to Mexico to actually bury him because he would have gone to Mexico. And then she wasn't going to be able to come back. So that's that's the tough part of being an immigrant, not going through struggle, not you know being poor or not having money. That's we're designed to face that. But we're not designed to be able to go through something like that where you you can't do anything when a family member is going through something, mm-hmm. or you can do anything to actually be there for be him. Be there for them. And 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 that was that was the biggest one. Now throughout this whole time, you know, I mean, I I jumped like from one uh, point A to B, but when we came here, you know, I promised my dad that you know I wasn't gonna be able to take care of them. That was a promise. I tell you know what, you brought me to the U.S., and it's now my 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 opportunity to be able to do something for the family. You know, nobody has graduated from college, and I did it. And then, you know, I nobody has ever, I mean, created a company and I created my company. You know, you know she wanted a house. My mom always wanted a house. I bought the house for her. My, my dad wanted a truck. I bought the truck for him. I've been able to do what I wanted to do in the U.S. And it's, I'm 29 years old, man. This is this is just starting. This is just, I mean, I'm just this spring. And I think, I mean, you can tell me that. But I feel like we, we confuse entrepreneurship with being a spring and a marathon. It's a marathon. I'm taking, I'm just barely starting. It's a, the first lap and I'm just getting ready for the rest and I'm yeah. going for up to the rest. But at the same time, like I said, having that family member not with you anymore is definitely tough. You, you don't never, you don't never get, um, you never that. forget about it. You never, yeah, you never forget about it. You never forget about it. But at the same time, it's motivation for you to do something else in the country. Um, the first book that I wrote, oh, Yo Soy Americano, I am an American. And um, that book caused so much controversy because they were saying, well, I'm an American. Well, you're not an American, man. You're Mexican. I'm like, well, America is a continent. It's, it's, it's not a country. So then it caused so much controversy out there because of the name. Um, and, and at the beginning when I created the book, I was a high school teacher. And I remember the first, you know, the first 30 books that were bought were from my principal in Sam Houston High School from HISD. Mm. He bought the books and then they were delivering to my class and I have the video. They were delivering to my class. And I remember I opened the box and then I realized that, well, I was a student in this high school from 2006 to 2010. I went and graduated in 2014. I came back as a teacher now. And in 2016, I was teaching that same class with my own book now with my name on it. And I was the teacher and I was the author and I was doing this for the kids. That was a big moment for me. So tell, tell us people who don't know what is Yo Soy Americano, what is, what is the book about? Yeah, so Yo Soy Americano is for the AP Spanish class. So then the, the book is designed for to help the kids to be able to pass the test so that way they can get credits for college. And that was the book. That, that was that was it was designed for that. So uh, it's a, it's it's for 
kids it, who are taking Spanish class. Yeah, educational okay. purposes. Okay. So then they have to, you know, they use the book for activities and stuff like that, and then they they can, you know, they do it for the for the test, and that's how they pass the test. What is America Edition Two about? America Edition Two, the same thing. It's the same book, uh, different different edition, but now it's called America, and then Edition Three as well. In twenty, uh, so twenty seventeen, that was the first edition that came out, and and I gotta be completely honest. When you talk about entrepreneurship, um. It's 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 easy to think that it's gonna work, mm-hmm. but it's easy to think that it's not going to work and be ready for that. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. You know, I was always ready to for the no. I was always ready for the this is not gonna work. I was ready for this book is just not compared to the other ones. It's not gonna work. And and you know, I I, I wrote the book and I said, you know, about myself, I got to be my own marketer. I had to be my own salesman. I had to be my own driver. I had to be my own. I had to do everything. Distribute the book. I gotta print the book. I gotta design the book. I have to do everything by myself. I didn't have money to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But when I was uh writing the book. So I had the book together. I, you know, I got the chance to, for the principal to buy the book, the first copies. And then, so, so what do you do now? What do you sell it to? I mean, what, what district is going to go to you and say, Hey, this is a, just a high school teacher, uh, with a book. Let's buy it. It wasn't going to work like that. So then I said, well, what, what, what else can I use that I know how to do to be able to make this work? Well, I know how to communicate myself. I know how to talk to people. I know how to speak. I know how to, you know, I, that's that's my ability. I said, okay, well, what do you like to do? I said, well, I want to help other kids. So then let's connect the dots. I said, you know what? I'm going to become a speaker. I'm going to speak for the kids and I'm going to tell them about my life and what I've done. And then they're going to like the book and they're going to buy the book. That's what I thought. That was my sales speech, right? So then I realized that I was liking speaking way too much. I spoke for my kids in San Houston High School. That was the first speech ever. And then HISD had this conference called Dreamers. And um, I asked them if they could let me speak. And the lady said, you know what? We don't have no time. It's already set up. I mean, we cannot give you anything. I said, just give me some minutes and I will speak for the kids. She was like, well, I'll give you five minutes if you want. You can be here on Saturday morning. You have to be on 9, 9 to 9.05, and that's it. You're not going to speak for anymore. I said, okay, that's fine. I will go there. So I stayed from 9 to 9.25. I didn't let go of the microphone. I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is my opportunity I am not going to let this go. Uh-huh. I'm going to speak for the kids. Uh-huh. And I started speaking, man. I was just speaking to them. We were having a good time. I was making them laugh. I was talking about my life. And they started crying. And I recorded everything. So the lady got my, my microphone at the end. She's like, you just ruined the whole event. I said, well, I mean, uh, look at them. They're having fun. So that was the first speech that I did. That was in she 20. Was, she was mad at you. She was really mad, man. Until this day, this lady just doesn't, doesn't talk to me no more. <laughs> it's like, you just ruined everything. So and then in that time in 2017, I said, you know what? This is it. This is how I'm going to get my company to fight with the big monsters of the industry, you know, with all these big guys. And that's how I'm going to do it. So then I started speaking for the kids. So for the next two years, I just went out and I started speaking to them. I spoke in, in California, New York, and Miami, and Kansas. I went to all these places. I was paying for my own flight tickets. I was paying for my own hotel, for my own Uber. I was doing everything. They were just, I was just getting in contact with them. I said, hey, my name is Carlos Salazar. Uh, I would like to speak for the kids. Who are you? I'm like, Which, this is this, this who I am. And then Telemundo find out about me. So then Telemundo you know, did a national interview, then like many local interviews, and then Univision, and then Channel 34, and then all these channels became like, oh, this is, I want to know about this guy. So then there's articles online as well. And they're starting knowing who I am. And I was just speaking for the kids, speaking for the kids. And then I got the chance to get in contact with Dallas ISD. Mm-hmm. Dallas ISD got, was super interested about the book. They're like, well, what do you sell? Who are you? Like, we read these articles about you, your videos and everything that you're doing. Who are you? So, well, I'm just a teacher. 
I'm a high school teacher, but then, you know, my company was One Way Education Publishing by that time. I said, well, I'm, I'm representing One Way Education Publishing. Okay, so what do you sell? I know I have this book. They're like, well, I sold the book. It was American Edition, oh, edition 1. They're like, well, it's not good enough, to be honest, for us. But if you go back, you know, redesign the whole thing and make it better, you might have a chance with that as I see. And man, dude, it, it was my first chance to have a big contract, to be able to have capital, to be able to get the company, at least, you know, the foundation of the company started. I said, well, you know, I went back and, and I had, man, I, I, I was working from, you know, in Sam Houston High School from 6 a.m. all the way to 3.30 or 4.30 and I would stay there and use it at my office. So then, you know, the, the people cleaning, they knew that I was going to be there until 11 a.m. every, I mean, 11 p.m. every single day. Mm -hmm. And I was writing the book and writing the book and designing the book and doing it by myself and watching YouTube videos, how to design, how to use InDesign, how to use that, how to use this, how, what do you buy pictures? Why do you do this? And then, you know, it, it became addition, American Edition 2. And I took it to the lady six months later. I said, well, this is what I have. And this is what I think is good enough for, for the district. And she said, well, give it to the teachers let them use it for three months and if i like it then we'll see what happens they use it for three months and they fell in love with the product they love the product and i got a contract with them for eight years wow they buy books for the next eight years so 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 that means and so then you came with edition three yep man yeah. you know what you just gave me goosebumps so are you gonna have edition four yeah, so now what we're doing is we want to have every single level in Spanish. So, then so you basically, so it's edition two, level one, edition three, level two, and then expert or whatever, like something like that? No, so America Edition One was the same book for America Edition Two and Edition Three. It was just a better book. We were okay. just recreating the same book. Now oh, you're just going to have a little higher level, exactly. a little more fluency level, exactly. and stuff like so that. So now we're going to do anecdotas one and two, which is for heritage speakers. And then we got America for Epi language. And then we're going to do Aprendemos for Epi literature. And we, now we have the whole line of products uh -huh. that the districts can buy. And now we have schools all over the U.S. So, so, now, so now, now Dallas ISD went through. I mean, have you had any contact with any other ISDs? Yeah, definitely. So Houston ISD is super interested. Uh, they might buy it in the future. And then we have schools in New York. We have schools in Miami. What about, what about local school district like Cypher, Galena Park? North Be Street. Believe it or not, it's, it's, it's humble. It's complicated. It has been more complicated for me uh, to deal with school districts in, in Houston, close to Houston, than outside of Houston for some reason. And why? I have no idea. I have no idea. I try to, you know, I've been in contact with them. It I just, mean, Dallas ISD is the second biggest school district. That's right. In in Texas. In Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if they're buying it and they're seeing results, why can't I mean? I mean, is there someone you are talking to? You're not talking. You know, to? we we do a marketing. We do a pretty good marketing with the, with the books. However, uh, we need to have more books to be able to sell like the whole line of products. That's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So by this December, we're coming out with the next four books, and now we have everything that they need for. So then the company, um, you know, we try to make sure that we do everything for them. However, at this point, we have a learning side that is called Nosotros Online. Yeah. And that learning side, it is the best learning side in the whole country. It's called Nosotros Online? Nosotros Online. That and, is. And so what is Nosotros Online so, is? So every single book that we have, um, then the book is not physical anymore. Well, you can buy it if you want it, but everybody's going online. So then what they do is we grab this website, we invested so much money on this website to make it the best in the educational department for AP language. So then we put the books as an ebook and now they can do anything and everything with that website, with their cell phones, with their iPads, with their computers. So they can do, they can be at home and they can be learning and they can do everything. So we, you know, we look at the competitors, we did everything that we had to do the research and now we came with this website 
So now we have the best website. So in Carlos, the whole this industry. is this is for like in school where they take Spanish one, yes. Spanish two, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the people who take Spanish one, Spanish two. Mm -hmm. You know they don't they they don't speak Spanish. Spanish is not their, you know, their mother tongue is the second language. Yes, right. So how do they learn it? I mean, on your website, I mean, do you do you have like like English translation translation as well? I mean, do you have like a like almost like a Google translator? Basically, like if I say, hey, I want you know, I, I, I want to go use the restroom, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if I don't speak Spanish, I don't know how to say it. So, I mean, even though if it says, I mean, how do, how do I learn? How do I learn by myself? Definitely. So, then this website and others online, we're not trying to compete with Rosetta Stone or anything like that. We're right. just focusing in the school system, in the school education department. That's that's what we're looking okay. for. We don't want to fight with the other guys. So, what we want to have is just every single level in the school, in the, from middle school to high school. That's what we're looking for for now. So, we are, you're more curriculum-based. That's right. That's no. right. That's what we said. No, it's not. It's not. Nosotros online is not competing with Rosetta Stone no. Or, no, no, or, no, no, no. or other other companies like Rosetta. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like uh, I can. I got to go to school. It got to be my school curriculum. That's that's, that's basically right. what it is. Yes. But so now let's let's just say, for example, um, I go to let's say I go to Sci-Fair ISD, right? And Sci-Fair ISD does not, mm -hmm. you know, buy books or does not partners with you know don't buy america edition two or mm -hmm. america edition three and i'm not part and you're not partners my school district is not partners with you mm -hmm. can i go learn on nosotros online definitely so if the district doesn't buy the product then any teacher can go buy it and buy their license okay. they can go online and they can so use the product so you license the product yeah. and yeah. how much is it licensing so right now it's 43 dollars 43 dollars per piece per, per every year oh, per year 43 dollars per user per year mm -hmm. Okay, and so if I'm a teacher and I buy the $43, I can teach it to my students? Definitely. Okay, but yeah. if my student wants to get on there... Then they have to buy their own license. They have license. to buy their own license. That's right. Got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and, and it's just nosotrosonline.com? Yeah, so the website, that's the, the learning site. The website is onewayeducation.com. Onewayeducation.com. With the number one, yes. Okay, the number one. So mm -hmm. number one, uh, the one as a number one, yes. education.com. That's right. Okay. What's the name of your company, Carlos? One, more one Way Education. So that's what it is. One that's way education. Is. Now, is it the number one or O N E? Number one. Number one. So mm -hmm. number the number one. Yes. Way education dot com. Mm -hmm. Carlos, now, you know, if someone wants to find you, someone wants to talk to you, are you on social media? Definitely. So they can just look me up as Carlos Salazar, okay. or they can look me up for Mister Salazar speaks. Mister Salazar speaks or mm -hmm. Carlos Salazar. Mm -hmm. Where are you at on your? Are you part of Facebook? I'm on, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. So they can and so, there. so you have both names on everything. That's right, Mr. Salazar, uh, Carlos Salazar, Mr. Salazar speaks. That's right. Okay, are you still a teacher today? No, I'm not. I'm not. I stopped being a teacher two years ago. Two years I, ago, I couldn't do it anymore. I had to focus on my company full time, okay. and, and now it's just taking my whole time for for everything. You know, we have employees in Mexico, we have employees here in the U.S., uh -huh. and uh, we have employees in El Salvador as well. Okay. So I had to literally leave the teaching to be able to do this full time. So. You know, I'm 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 grateful, man. It's growing. This company is growing, and I feel like we're we're doing the right thing. We're, okay. we're actually hitting the right spot. So, what is the what is the short term goal for One Way Education? Uh, we want to get LA, Los Angeles ISD, okay, uh, Unified School District. That okay. that is the biggest goal as of now. Uh, we're trying our best to be able to get the the contract by next school year, and that is the second biggest district in the U.S. Okay, that is that is the goal that we want. So, who's uh, the who's the biggest school district in New York? New York. Oh, New York. Yes. Okay. So now, now you want to get in in the Southern California and the Los Angeles School District. Mm -hmm. um, what will it take, realistically, 
realistically in your mind to get there? Man, we're doing the right steps right now. Okay. We're we're making it happen. We're okay. making it happen. We are taking the right steps. You have to listen to the to the customer, like in any company. You gotta listen to them. We listen to the teachers. We listen to the students, and then we are creating. You know, the, my company is is innovation. We don't we don't really care about uh, what happened in the past. We want to innovate. We want to do something right. different. We want to bring right. the technology side into this business. I feel like there is one thing that I hate about curriculum. We have books, man, that don't change for eight years. So if you're in the Spanish class and you're in AP language, right, and you're using this book, that same book is going to stay with you from 2000, 2008. It makes no sense. It makes no sense that we're not changing and making the curriculum better every single year. Mm-hmm. We're living in this society that we are just becoming, you know, we're changing dramatically every single month, yeah. every single year. So it makes no sense for us to not change the curriculum. So one thing that we're doing in this company is that we hire people to rewrite the curriculum every single year for the students. That means that they get to talk about current events every single year, man. So for example, the book that we are coming out by on December, it's it, it's including what happened from you know January to December of 2020. Carlos, tell me something. Uh, let's go back a little bit in memory lane over here. You came over here with your with your parents. Y'all struggled, lost, you know, uh, you know, basically lost a family member in 2019. But before that, you lost them to the immigration policies. Was your family was separated? You promised your dad and mom that hey, you know, I'm gonna take care of you. You became, you went to school, graduate, you went to college, graduated. You know, you were able to accomplish a lot of dreams that and promises. You know, deliver on some promises you had. What made you? You know, you're a teacher, okay? I mean, you know, for, for somebody, they're like, you know what, man, this is pretty good. I'm, I'm teaching, I'm doing this, doing this. What made you start a company and write a book? Most teachers don't think about that. That's a great question. Man. Yeah. That, is, that is just a great question. Um, you know, that, that question I get asked all the time, and I'm sure you do too. I'm sure you do because you have done so much. But uh, I, I got to tell you, I feel like I was trapped inside that class. I feel like I, was, I couldn't breathe no more. It was a third year of being a high school teacher, and and I wanted to do more. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to make deals. I I've been loving entrepreneurship since I was a little kid, man. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, even when I was in in high school, I opened my own company as a to, to uh, giving um helping kids. So I called. I don't remember the name of the company, but I know I went to the to the core and I just did the DBA the number with the name and. I, you know, I remember when I when I registered the name, uh, the guy told me, well, this is the easy part. Now you got to find the customers. And I replied, no, that's the, that's the hard part. I mean, that's the easy part. You know, the name was complicated. I had to drive over here. But now I'm going to go get the customers. That was that was just my my head. I always wanted to do something, right? So then when I, has, I was a high school teacher, I said, you know what? I, I'm doing, I'm helping kids, but I want to be able to help my, my myself too. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't feel satisfied. I wanted to be out there. So then... um. I feel like when you find what you like, you're fine. I mean, I don't, I feel like we cannot criticize teachers and say they can be, you know, oh, that's what they want. If they're happy, they're happy, man. You know, let them, let them be happy. Uh, I feel like if you're happy, um, you know, taking photos, that's good. You're happy. You found happiness. You found it. There is nothing else that you got to do. But if you're not satisfied with what you're doing, then you got to do something. You got to fight for what you really, really like, right? Yes. And I'm not even Absolutely. talking about money right now. I'm not talking about money. Uh, you can make 10 mil and you can be depressed in your house, man. You can have so much money and you can be depressed in your house. I, I didn't want to be that. And I realized that being a teacher 
I, I did what I did in two years, three years, and then I needed to do something else. And then I took a risk. I took a risk. And I tell you, the, the first year, um, I took a big risk because I invested my whole savings. And when you talk about whole savings, that's like 10 grand. That's how much I had in the bank. And that was savings for me. And I said, you know what? I got invested in the company. And then I know my, and my dad is, is, you know, he's a cultural, traditional guy. He said, well, don't, don't spend your money. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? People are going to laugh if you don't make it. Mm. People are going to look at you and they're like, well, this guy didn't do anything. So what are you going to do? I said, you know what, dad? I, I don't care. I, I don't care if people blabs at me. I said, I, I don't care. Like, they don't pay my bills. They don't know They don't know when you're sick. They don't know what happened to my brother. They don't know anything. Why am I going to be sad? Why am I going to feel like this? That I'm going to invest everything that I have mm. and I'm going to go with it. Mm. And if I fall, I, I want to fall, but I want to get up again and I'm going to do it again. I said, because that's my happiness. Like, whoa, they look at you like as a teacher and, and now you're not out there and, and, and they look, you know, you're, you're an example. You're not going to be an example no more because you, you fail. I'm like, that's a big, that's the biggest example. I'm going to fail and I'm going to do it again because I'm looking for my freaking happiness, man. I'm looking for what I'm going to do. And being a teacher, it was good for some time, but it's not no more. Like, I want to do something else. So then I invested everything. And, and you know, at the beginning, I, I remember this so much, man. And it was... um. September, and then I talked to Dallas ISD, and I said, you know what, um, I'm hoping that it was going to go through. And then uh, I had Iris, which has been, she's been helping me with everything for a long time now. With my, I'm so bad at organizing stuff. I'm horrible. So she's been helping with everything that had to do with money, with the budgeting, with the QuickBooks and stuff like that, right, at the beginning. And then um, we look at the bank, and I only had $265. And it was, it was the 1st of December. I still remember that. $265, and she was like, Carlos, well, you know, you're not going to make it past this month. Like, you have to pay for rent. You have to pay for everything. You have to pay for this and that. You're not going to make it. And by that time, I left my teaching job. Mm. I said, well, um, you know, I'm going to get a credit card. Like, well, you're not going to give you a credit card. Like, you don't have money in the bank. Who's going to give you money? You're not going to make it. I said, well, you know, then uh, I'm going to go out there and speak. See how they can, I can make some money speaking, or I can do one thing, or I'm going to make it. I said, I'm going to make it. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it. That was December first. December twenty four. I got a. I got money from Dallas ISD for a contract for eight years, and that was hundred thousand dollars. So from December first, having two hundred sixty four dollars, to December twenty four, then I had enough money to survive for the next ten years. And that's how I describe the life of entrepreneurship, man. Mm -hmm. You gotta. You gotta take a risk. You gotta take a risk. We gotta you take a risk. To take but a you risk. know, one thing that you said is that you felt trapped and you were not happy. And I always say that, I mean, if you if you go on, you know, watch my Instagram videos, I talk about it a lot. You, you got to be happy at whatever you do. Yes. You got to be happy at whatever you do. Um, money never, you know, I'm a strong believer that money does not buy you happiness. But not having money is much more of unhappiness yes. than having the money or the, the afford to, you know, I, I, the other day we, we had a tent sale. So, uh, this is just last week. We were at, uh, and all of a sudden it just got hot. We are Saturday, Sunday. It's me, my general manager, my brother, and uh, another our district manager. We all there, and uh, they 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 played. You know, we had a DJ because we had a tent sale. We wanted people to come in, so the DJ played this song. You know, they say money don't buy happiness, but my money made me buy a truck and a boat. <laughs> And I'm gonna pull my boat with my truck. You know, I don't know if you've heard that country song. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's it makes sense. But 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 yes, money does not buy happiness. You know, you can make ten million dollar, you can be depressed. But you you know what's more depressing is when you come to work 
and you're not happy. Being trapped. Being trapped. Being trapped. Because, but, but, and if you're happy to come to work, then you should give 199% at that work. Look, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I've interviewed a lot of people, and they say that, you know, when you're at work, you work nine to five, and you go home, and you forget about everything, right? And and it's over, right? And you work Monday through Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday, you don't have to worry about it. When you're an entrepreneur, you're doing much more. Uh, today, this morning, I was uh, I, I run a lot, so I listened to I was running and I was listening to Howard Partridge, who I've uh, interviewed in episode 78, and he said, you know, when you when you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's not just you. Yeah, you can be good at fixing ACs. But you got to do a lot of other things. Yep. Yep. And entrepreneurship is much more broader. right? Yep. So, so, so I'm so glad you said you were not happy. You were trapped. And then the second thing. So I listen to Gary. I, I like Gary oh, Vee. I love and him. And Gary Vee says. I love him. Don't listen to what your parents say. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and I mean, that's one thing that you did. And, and that's one thing I did. Yep. I had blown out fights with my dad. Yep. But I told him I'm going to open my own business. And you know, it's just the immigrant mindset, right? That is. It's the immigrant mindset. And then you become a firefighter. Gary Vee <laughs> said the same thing. You become a fire. You got to deal with everything, man. Yeah. You know, and I wake up in the morning. I'm 29 years old, and, and I have to deal with people that are 55 to 65, and they look at me like I'm a kid. Then you know, they don't. Then they look at me like you're the owner. Like, are you yeah. the CEO of this company? Like, you guys write books? I'm like, yes, I am. And and, and that's one of the things that I have to face all the time. It's like, well, I got to deal with that. I got to deal with the people thinking that I'm a kid. And then I have to deal with, you know, uh, something happened in Mexico with the writers and then something happened in Salvador with oh, the writers. Man, it's, it's fire every day. And You're a firefighter. The, 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 the website is not working and you get all these emails and then you get complaints and then you got to deal with that. And then this guy decides to not show up in the work today. And you're like, you got to deal with everything, man. But at the same time, we I love it. Like, I, I don't see myself doing anything else but that. And, and like I said, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. But for somebody who does it, who likes it, who loves it. Then they should they breathe it, they live it because you are doing way much more. You're a firefighter, you're putting out fires early in the morning to you know, sometime at night. I mean, you know, in in my situation, I mean, you know, somebody ran into an apartment door, or, you know, or or you know, did something crazy, or you know, uh, salesperson didn't answer the customer's yep. phone when the customer was upset yep. when their delivery was there. I mean, it's just like everything, right? Yep. I mean, it happens all the time. And shit happens when you're in business. But but definitely, there's one thing, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the biggest reason why all these kids are not succeeding in entrepreneurship is because they have big ego. ego Having a huge ego, ego and pride. That is, that is the first thing that I tell them all the time. If you have a big ego, you're not going to make it here. You're not going to make it in the wild. Because you're going to deal with people that knows way more than you. And instead of having a big ego, be ready to listen. Humble yourself. Be ready to listen to them. Yeah. Because they will tell you things. I said, maybe you talk to them for one hour. But one tenant is going to change your life out of that one hour talk. And and I'm always listening. I'm always ready to listen, man. Like, I'm always ready to, to listen to other people, to learn from them. And I spend my time, like, watching podcasts so much. And, and you know, that that's you, you're right. You're right. A lot of people who... I mean, it's not that they don't make an entrepreneurship. They they jump from job to job. They they they, they get fired at the job. They quit at the job. You know, I always say your job is your blessing. Yes, it's a blessing. Okay, if you have a business, it's a blessing. If you have a car, it's a blessing. Don't look at what the other guy is driving. Okay, because your hoopty is someone else's dream car. Yep. Your shitty job is someone else's shitty you know dream job. Yep. Your shitty apartment is someone else's dream apartment. Yep. 
your, you know, crappy furniture, some people don't have it. Yep. You know, and and I mean, you know, I had uh, so when we were in this tent sale, right? I, I just and I'm gonna go back to your interview. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm deviating. <laughs> no, go ahead, okay. man. Go ahead. But so we were at this tent sale, and and uh, uh, Baltimore, uh, he's 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 my one of my district manager. Me and him grew up together. We I mean we we met on a soccer field when we were 16 years old, right? I, I tried to fight his friend. Came from behind. We became best friends. I was in, I was in his wedding. I mean, you know, we, we, we were really good friends. And he has worked for me, but you know, work is work, yeah. business is business. And he and he, you know, Balti is like, Sam, who's gonna buy this? Nobody's gonna buy this. We're wasting time. He had never worked a tent sale. I said, Balti, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yep. And the piece that he was saying, two hours later, this lady came and he was looking at this and she was like, Oh my God, this is great. And and he's like, I can't believe this. I'm like, Balti, they've never had furniture. Yep. To them, this is a seat. This lady made four seats out of something you wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, she will put a sheet on it or something, and it all matches. Yep. He's like, it's different colors. I said, once you put a white sheet on it, bro, it all matches. Yep. Okay. I said, all of a sudden, if she has five kids, now she got four seats. Right. They can all sit on there. They're not sitting on the floor no more. But then at the same time, what you're speaking now is that you have a vision and you know that something is going to work. Even yeah. if it doesn't have to work the first day, the second day, the third day, like in a month, in two years. I just feel like patience is so important. Patience is so important. Man. And so, so you know, let's get back to your story right here. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm sorry for deviating. No, no, no. You know, it's your interview and I'm just start blabbing sometimes. <laughs> but yes, you, you're right. So you were trapped in, in this classroom yeah. and, and, you know, you wanted to be, be happy. Mm -hmm. So, so you go out, you go out on your own, December, 2018, December 2nd. Man, I've been. No, um, when when did you, when was it? The company was. Uh, no, when did you get your uh, contract? What year? Oh, with uh, 2018. 2018. The first month. So of December second, 2018. You have 265 dollars. Yep. December 24th, you get a multi. Uh, I mean, uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollar contract right. with uh, with Dallas ISD, and it's the beginning of something new, mm -hmm. right? And 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 I mean, so you got guys who are now writing and helping and ghostwriting. Yes in Mexico and El Salvador mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, what do you want to leave behind? I mean, let's just say, let's just say today, you know, 10 years from today, you're in 30 school district or 40 school district and God willing, it's going to happen. Right. And, and, uh, you know, because, because you're a hard worker, you're going to get up, make it happen and, and, and it will happen. You know, what happens next? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, my books or the books for this company, because I, 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 that's selfish talking about myself, talking about everything that we do in this company. Now, um, we're going to become the best books in the Spanish department for the whole country okay. and in the next three years. So, so no, but let's just say 10 years from today, mm -hmm. 40 school district or 50 school district, have your, have your books, mm -hmm. right? And you're writing them, you're constantly changing them. Is there anything next that you want to do that that onewayeducation.com want to dive into 10 years from today? There's one big project that I that I want to do. Uh -huh. Whenever we get to that stage when we are stable in, in, in this country, uh, there's one big project that I want that I always talk about. Um, what I want to do is I want to find these small, small towns in the Hispanic countries. I'm talking about Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Argentina, like every, every country that speaks Spanish. Guatemala, yeah. I want to go, I want to go, and I want to find those little spaces. And what I want to do is I want to be able to afford to build a small school because they might not have one. 
and then be able to get these contributions where we're going to be able to uh, pay for the for the yearly salary for a teacher and create that in at least 10 different countries and i want to be able to make that happen and and the reason why i want to do that is because we are you know we're in the u.s but then i also lived in mexico and in mexico i remember i didn't even have an ac we had to open the door and the windows because it was so hot and mm -hmm. that's how you learn sweating that's how it works still today well i mean i mean that's what it is in every third third world country definitely so then i want to be able to make that change and make that change for for those kids and, and i remember one thing and and when you ask me that there is one story that i can tell you when i was 14 years old man you know you're already looking into girls and you want to have a girlfriend and you like it and i remember one girl that i really like and she invited me to this place right i was living with my brother and my sister but literally by myself and then uh we had to go to the restaurant but it was a, a really expensive restaurant in Caderita, uh, La Enramada, that's what it's called. And then I remember I went well, in, 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 in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so we went to the little restaurant and then, you know, I got there, I had to get the bus and, and I got there and uh, she was pretty stable economically. Her family was pretty stable. So when I got there, man, I said, you know what? I can't even pay for, for a Coke in this place. I really had money to go back to my house with, you know, with the bus. So I remember I got to that place and, um, you know, I was outside and she came outside. She said, well, you want to come in? I was like, man. I said, you know, I just came to see you. I just came to say hi. Um, I just wanted to see you for a little bit, but I have to go somewhere else. I said, I just, I have to leave right now. She said, like, well, you just came by. I mean, you can just walk in. Like, just have a, you know, have a, have a drink with us. Or just, you know, just eat something and then you leave. And and I had to leave, man, because I couldn't pay for anything. You know, I, yeah. I didn't have no money. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then, so... Before COVID-19 happened, we were organizing this huge event because I was going to pay for um, 600, it was 530 kids uh, from from that, high, uh, that school um, that I was going to take them to eat in that restaurant. And they were going to play a video of me telling them my story and what happened and saying, well, now you are eating in this place. And if I did this, in, only imagine what you can make happen. And I promise you that if 20 kids out of those 500 kids we're going to take the message and take it with them and be able to make something happen. Then those 20 kids are going to change their life for 20 more. And that's how we can get leadership in the Hispanic community. Yeah. That's how we Paying can create forward. change. That's how we can create change. And that's one of the things that I realized about myself. The more money that we make, the more money that we can actually use to help other people. And, and, and I don't want to become selfish, man. I don't want to. I want to be, I want to be who I am. And I'm really humble, man. You know, I always been humble and I want to keep it like that for the rest of my life. And and those those ideas that I have, they're gonna they're gonna become a reality. They're gonna become a reality. However, one way education is one business. Um, you know, I, I, I have other goals as well that I wanna I wanna do in other businesses, but definitely one way education is my baby and it's gonna be providing for you know all these dreams that we have to help other people. Yeah, there's there's a uh, matter of fact I, I got uh, I can't remember the name, but there is a, there's a guy I have listened to him on uh, another podcast, Lewis House podcast. And they they go out there and build build schools all the time, and uh, and I mean you know there's a lot of people who do that. I mean you know there's a lot of people who do it in Guatemala. There's a lot of people who do it in India, in Africa. But I mean you know the world can you know can need yes. you know needs more school. I mean you know yes. I always say education you know is the best way to make a change. You know, lack of education is what creates poverty, creates crime, and creates you know. I'm not gonna say. I mean, I think that's what it is. It's 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 more like you know, it creates poverty and creates you know crime. There, and creates there is one hatred. quote that I love a lot that I put it in the second edition of this book that is called "The worst enemy of corruption is education." Yeah, 
because when you educate yourself, you know how to how to fight it. How to overcome and it. you know how to actually do something against it. But if the, the the you know the the pueblo is not educated, then they're gonna go to corruption all the time. Their money is gonna be gone. Yeah, you know, you know, lack of education is is a big problem, and it's not a problem. It's a problem worldwide. It's a problem here in the United States. It's a problem in other countries. I mean, of course, third world countries. I mean, are bigger victims uh, victims. But but I mean, you know, so is, so is, so is a lot of places in America, and I mean, that's one thing I always say. That you know, if you want to finish poverty, if you want to finish crime or corruption or vulgarity, then 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 you gotta educate. But at the same time, man, you know what, man? There's many things that we can talk about, but you gotta be willing to go through the sacrifices, man, to be able to make something happen. I mean, I, one of the things that I realized throughout this whole journey is that you're gonna fail more than you win. You're gonna fail and fail, and you're gonna fail, and they're gonna make fun of you. And you're gonna go through this, and they're gonna show you that you're not gonna be able to make it, and you gotta deal with it. You gotta be fine with the no. You gotta be fine with the you're not gonna make it. You gotta be fine with the you know this didn't work. So okay, so I have to go back and and you know find a way to make it happen. I I got to a place where I enjoy when people tell us me no. I enjoy when districts say you know what we're not gonna buy this product. Okay, let's go back. Let's talk about it. Let's make it better. But Carlos, the problem is a lot of people when they get their spirit broken, they don't know how to get back up. Yep. And a lot of people, I mean, so they they they. If someone tells, like, you know, the school district came to you and said, your product is not good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Well, some people, they get their egos hurt. Oh, yeah. And say, what? You're telling me I'm not good enough for you? I'll show, you know, I'll show you, whatever. And they don't change. They don't listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they they take it too personally. Yep. Okay. Some people, you know, if, if they have to do something extra, they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're like, well, no, you're not. If you're going to buy my book for $12.99... I'm not gonna give you anything extra. It's twelve ninety nine. Are you gonna pay me extra? You know, but 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 it all it's always a give and take, right? So yep. so I congratulate you for knowing that you know, hey, you know, you got to listen to your customer. You got to listen to to people, and you got to make a change. Change is good for all. You of have us. to you have to innovate all have the time. Innovate, you have to have innovate to. all the time. This yeah. twenty nineteen situation with COVID nineteen, man. It opened the eyes of many people, and and I don't want to say that many of them went out of business because they didn't innovate before twenty we heard COVID, but that's what happened. Many of them were just accustomed to what was happening for the last ten years. Last 10 years. An amazing economy. We we're going through, you know, so much money around and companies opening and startups, uh, you know, being around. And then this happened. And what do you do now? There is no more people investing in those companies anymore. Now they gotta be cautious with your money. And, and and so what are you gonna do? So that's one of the things that I realized since the beginning of this company. I have to innovate. I am not going to sit right next to Pearson that has 59% of the company I mean, of the business in the U.S. with education. I'm not going to fight with them. There's no way that I can fight with them having the same product. I have to have a differentiator in my in my, in my products. Yeah. I have to make it different. And I realized that I could be the differentiator at the beginning. I, Carlos can be the name and the face of this company at the beginning because I'd be out there. I'd be on the news. And, oh, that's that's not one-way education. That's Carlos' company. Oh, Carlos can come and speak for us. If we can if They buy the products. Then I realized, you know what? They don't have a Carlos in their company. They don't have they don't have what I do and I can make it happen. That was a differentiator, but at the same time, I have to innovate, man. And as soon as we got that contract from Dallas ISD going from the $264 to what I had, I said right away, we're gonna invest heavy on the website. We're yeah. going heavy on the website. What are you gonna do with the books? The books, the curriculum is great, but we don't have a website to walk it up. But well, so that's good, man. Go and I congratulate for doing that because some people, 
at you know your age they might say oh yeah, let me go buy a Lam no, lambo man. let me ask you a question uh, carlos well, give me give me a name of a success successful company in the united states today like somebody like oh man this is a big company a successful company give me one give me a name ah uh, man my mentor eskimo hot Eskimo, Eskimo. I really love that company, man, because so I, is, know this, I know the story. There's, there's a, the, they sell daiquiris to go. Okay. Uh, and uh, they have, I mean, no, I don't so know. So let like, me ask you a question. Do they come with new flavors every year? Yes. Thank you. That's innovation. Yes. What about Apple? Yes. Do they well, come with Apple, a new phone every every year? They do. I mean, and if they don't, guess what's going to happen? Yep. Company's going to yep. go bankrupt. Yep. GM, right? Chevy. Yep. Come with a new car every year. They change. Mercedes, One. BMW, all the big companies. Everybody come with a new model. So yes, you're right. Curriculum should happen every year yes. as well, not every eight years. Yes, darling. Mark Cuban says something that I really love. He says that if you know you don't know your competition, you don't know your product. Exactly. Let me ask you a question, Carlos. Let's just say, for example, uh, today is the end of the day. Uh, uh, today is today is the end of your life. Mm -hmm. Okay, you you are now a hundred years old. You had a successful company one one way education you went and built a whole bunch of schools wrote a whole bunch of book you wrote your own autobiography you did everything right you did a lot of podcasts a lot of youtube videos everything you're 100 years old today and today is the day you go and meet your creator you're going on to the next world and i and everything gets erased everything all your books are gone all your videos are gone all your everything is gone mm -hmm. and i hand you or they hand you a pen and a paper Carlos, here goes a pen and a paper. Write a message for your kids, your grandkids, your future generation, and for the future world. For the future world to see how to live life. Three things that are important in how to conduct business, how to conduct life, how to live. What will those three things be, Carlos? That's an amazing question. And I'll go with the first one. Uh, one thing, one sentence that I feel like we're taking out of context so much is live life to the fullest. We believe that is going out there and being wild and getting drunk and doing everything because you're young. But that sentence, man, what, what it means to me is live life on, on your own terms. Live life on what you think is best without listening to other people. And it, I, I agree with you, Gary. Even if your dad and your mom says no. Live life to what you think is the best life, even if they don't like it. Because at the end of the day, man, I want to be 100 years old and said. I did what I wanted to do. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, and I fought my fights the way I wanted to fight them. That's what I want to be a member of. The second one is I want to make sure that I leave a legacy in this country, in the U.S., and in the whole planet. I want to be able to leave something. I don't. I don't want to die, and and I don't. I, and my family is just there. I want people to know what I did, and I want people to remember what I done, not because of ego. But because I did my part, man. I did my part. We are living in this society that we think about ourselves way too much and we forget about the rest of the people. And the last one is just I want to be remembered as a humble guy. I want to remember, I said, he got so, so to be, this be place. Humble. He got to this place, but he never forgot his roots and who he was. That is definitely what I what I want to write in, in those three. In, in the, so live the life to the fullest leave a legacy and that's how you want to live your life mm -hmm. and be humble and you want to be remembered as a humble yes. person person who didn't forget where he came from yes who he was and everything man i i appreciate that tell me tell me your definition of humility if you don't mind my definition of humility is being out there 
Here, let me let me let me let me stop you. Uh huh. Let me re let me re-ask this question. Got it. Tell me your definition of humility. And is humility important in one's life? I think it's the most important thing. Uh and uh, for me, humility is being out there talking to people and not thinking about how much money you have in the bank. That's that's what humility looks like. And I feel like nowadays you are treated depending on how much money you have and how you look. And I don't ever want to be that guy. I want to talk to people without thinking what I'm driving, what I'm not driving, how much money I have, what materialistic stuff I have in, in my position. For me, that is that it's all about. I don't, you know, I've been, I've been like this, man. I remember one time, I can tell you this one. And the reason why I, I'm so strong with being humble is because I have to go through it with other people. At one time, we used to use bicycles in Mexico all the time, and then the bicycle just broke down. I had to, you know, by myself, I had to go back. And then I had my bicycle, and then this car passed by, and they throw me a beer, right? They throw me in the head, and they were laughing. And, you know, I, I, I was a kid. I was 12 years old, and I started crying. I was walking to my house. I told my dad, I said, Dad, this is what happened. He said, uh, so what do you learn? I said, well, I learned that you're dumbass. Yes, that's what I learned. He said, no. You know what you learn? That you know you do you want to do that? Like do you want to be like that? I said no. I said that's what you learn. You learn that you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be like them. So whatever you do in your life, whatever happens in your life, you're always gonna be you. And you're always gonna be remembered as a guy who was always humble no matter his accomplishments. And that stuck with me until today, man. That's oh man, that was a great lesson from your dad. I that that that's I love that. Love that. Don't be that guy Definitely. who threw the beer. At a 12-year-old, you yep. know, who was walking with his bike on the side of the street. That's, that's awesome. Carlos, I want to I thank you for coming over here. Thank you for sharing some of your life uh, story with us. You know, thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for sharing your accolades with us. Thanks for, you know, sharing your, you know, what you're doing in business and, you know, your journey and everything, man. I appreciate it. You know, time is something that, you know, that that's a precious commodity. You can buy anything in life with money, but time is something that you can't, I mean, once it goes, it doesn't come back. So it's more valuable than currency. I agree. And, 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 and man, I got to tell you something, too, before we go. I People like you are helping people like myself and many others. And I got to tell you this. I, I had a conversation with a CEO of a company, and she told me the only bad thing about today is that the leaders, they still don't look like us. She was talking about Hispanics. And I said, you got to look for them. There's many out there representing us. And, 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 you know, just minorities, man, minorities. When I, when I look at you, I look at someone and I say, you know what? I, I want to do that. I want to do that. I was telling your guy, when I got here, I said, you know what, man, this is an amazing place. And, and, and I look at myself and it's not, not even the materialistic thing. It's the fact that I want to feel accomplished like that. And the fact when you have money, you can help your family. Yeah, for sure. When you have money, you can pay for your mom's surgery. When you have money, you can do many things. Without money, life is complicated. So it's not even about the money in the bank. It's about the fact that you can use it the right way. If you if you use the money the right way, it will make yes. you happy. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I and 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 I'll end the conversation with this: money does not buy you happiness, but not having money does not make you happy. Yep. I mean, and I'll stick I'll stick with it. I mean, till the day I die, because I feel like, because look. When we didn't have money, we came over here to this country. We were family. We were together. Life was great. Never felt it, 
right? Yeah. But I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go and to a restaurant and eat, you know. Yeah. We, you know, we were looking at, you know, oh well, how much is this cost? How much is this cost? I mean, my mom till today, man, she's very cognizant of money and very, <laughs> very aware of it, right? Yeah. And and she don't want to overspend or nothing like that. But having money is a luxury. Yeah. Now, what you do with it, you have a responsibility. And the responsibility is when you have it, pay it forward. Give. Yes. Like Tony Robbins says, giving is better than receiving. And without, right. without, if you don't give, you don't have a reason to live. That's right. Yeah. I totally agree with that, man. Yeah, totally so, agree with that. So I, I love your idea of opening schools and everything. When you do one, do this for me. When you do your first one, take me with you. I sure will. All right. I sure will. Thank you, man. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for the, you know, sharing everything with with us. And, and I appreciate it. And let's go out there and make shit happen. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. If you liked it, please share this with a friend, coworker, brother, uncle, aunt, whoever. And I need for you, I need for you to help me in spreading the word about this podcast, Make Shit Happen. Without you, we can't, we can't do it. We really can't. Uh, we need for you to spread the word and just make shit happen. My goal is to inspire a million people through my podcast and I can't do it without your help. So please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers about this podcast and hopefully we can keep expanding this platform. Thank you and God bless.